When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is Views from Midstream. Now, here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, another rousing rendition of the Views from Midstream podcast comes your way right now. This very second, happy Wednesday or whatever day it is when you downloaded and clicked play on this particular particular edition of the pod. My name is Rob Brown, host of the Rob Brown Show in Greenville, South Carolina, right here in the heart of Panthers country. And of course, alongside me uh, virtually, as always, on the other side of the metaphorical glass, my co-host, my partner in crime, the great one himself, Lonzo Reitzel is here as well and obviously today's pod going to be a little bit different than most of the other weeks that is because obviously we played last thursday which meant that friday became our game wrap-up which means that monday became our transactions and updates etc which means that today we're gonna have a little bit of fun on the show getting into some subjective takes on everything silver and blue pigskin so far through the 2022 season. And so I wanted to start with this. Uh, Mike Garoppolo of the NFL Network sent out a couple of tweets earlier talking about interim head coach Steve Wilkes. And in that tweet, he pointed out that old Steve-O is getting some attention around the National Football League, predominantly that Steve is jumping up as one of the premier head coaching candidates for an NFL position next year. He cited the fact that the team as a whole seems to have a lot of uh, respect for Steve Wilkes. It seems that the team as a whole is very much in favor of his coaching style The team as a whole has a much better attitude about itself than it did under the final few weeks of Matt Rule. And that is unsurprising when you really think about it because so far, Steve Wilkes has coached five football games. One of them was lost against the defending Super Bowl champions. And while the Rams aren't nearly as good as they were last year, They still have a lot of talent and a healthy Cooper Cup at the time. One of those losses was a loss likely only because DJ Moore took his helmet off and we blew a couple of field goals. 
if that game gets won, you have the loss to Cincinnati as the worst loss of the season without a doubt, but Cincinnati, the other team that played in a Super Bowl last year and not nearly the drop-off of the Rams, Steve Wilkes, Lonzo, is a DJ Moore chin strap away from being three and two. He is two and three in his five. He is a chin strap away from being three and two, which is really damn impressive and well on his way to as many wins as Matt Rule was able to accomplish in a couple of seasons, uh, in individual seasons, obviously. Uh, listen, I'm not quite ready to say that next year Steve Wilkes should definitely be under the headset as the permanent head coach. I am saying that if we don't make it that, according to multiple reports and my own very frequently correct opinion, some other NFL team is going to snatch that guy up because I, I think it's fair to say, especially to those of us that are close to the program, there is a definite attitude shift that came along with Steve putting on the headset and the rest of the NFL is starting to see it. Yeah, see, this is hard for me to comment on because it seems like every other week we're questioning what he's doing. You know, and I guess, you know, it's it's us as, as fans. Trust and, and the process, Lonzo. Yes. Trust the yes. process. Yes. Um, so one week I'm mad at him. The next week I'm like, okay, all right. But, but victories help, and the direction of the team, a lot of the things he's done has been directly the opposite of what Matt Rule was doing. The things that we thought were wrong with the team, he has tried to fix them. We, we both are concerned about the quarterback position and how he's handled that, but we'll, we'll see what happens going forward with that. It would not shock me if he doesn't end up staying where he is and instead of going somewhere else, ends up being the coach uh, for however long-term is in the NFL with the Panthers. I think that uh, I think that the attitude shift, right? We, we talked about them going with P.J. Walker uh, after a game where he went 3 of 10 with two picks for nine yards. Uh, I think we, we – we all kind of assumed that that was a tank move. And I, and I don't think that was an unfair assumption out of all of us that P.J. Walker became the unofficial tank commander of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I, I, I think in retrospect, I now kind of look at it and go, maybe there was something under the surface to that and it wasn't tanking, right? Maybe while Baker was back and dressed, at the end of the day, we didn't have anybody else to dress out as the backup quarterback, right? And maybe that was a play in order to save up Baker and give him another week or two to get himself right. Now, as far as we all know, before the high ankle sprain story broke, P.J. Walker was still going to be the quarterback this Sunday when we take on the Baltimore Ravens. But maybe there was something more to that. I don't know. What I do know is that under Steve Wilkes, the intangibles, the attitude, the behavior, the mentality of this team has very clearly and evidently improved, right? I mean, you can go back just to last Thursday's game against the Falcons. And really think about that game. You're coming off of a loss against Cincinnati that we were thoroughly embarrassed by. You're coming off of a loss the week before that to Atlanta 
where your team did everything right to win, but then brain farted it away at the very end, it would have been completely understandable for that team to be in such a funk that they came out at the bank last Thursday and just absolutely bleeped themselves up and down the field. But that's not what happened. Instead, the Carolina Panthers came out, jumped out to a two-touchdown lead, played smart, conservative, but efficient football the rest of the ride, and went ahead and finished off their NFC South division rivals in Atlanta and were very celebratory in the process when it was all said and done. Uh, I, I very much think you can look at this team now and say, although it may not have been evident two weeks ago, three weeks ago, heck, even before last Thursday, that there's a different mentality to this team, uh, a, a, a much more confident and competent attitude than there has been uh, really since the beginning of the year. And if you are an NFL owner or general manager that is in charge of a bad football team that's going to be looking for a new head coach next year or a good football team where a coach steps away for some, for some reason, I think the things that Wilkes is showing you under the headset right now, we talked about it this whole time. This was an on-the-field audition for Steve Wilkes, and we multiple times asked the question, what does Steve Wilkes need to do in order to either A, keep the job for the Panthers, or B, get a job somewhere else based on his performance? And my answer has always been, from the beginning, get the mentality of this team right. Get the culture of this team right. Lay the foundation to where when this offseason happens and when Scott Fitterer goes to the team and goes, yo, who y'all want, who you want to be the head coach next year, they look and they go, steve Steve got us right. Steve got our head right. We felt competitive. We were ready to go. And I think last Thursday, and again, it's, it, you know, it's the old expression. It's just one game. It's just one game. It's just, it's just one game. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. But it was a very different look and feel about this team in just one game. So I'm very interested to see what we look like out against Baltimore, a team that, let's be honest, has us outmatched on paper pretty much top to bottom. The Falcons don't. The Ravens do. Do we bring a headstrong, positive uh, attitude and approach to the game onto the field Sunday? And if we do and make that game competitive, I feel a little bit more confident that the interim tag gets knocked off next year. Well, another thing about interim, interim usually it just means temporary. That's what it means. So a guy comes in, he's just filling space till the end of the season. That's not what Wilkes is doing. One thing he is doing is he is building a resume of how to deal with situations. First of all, you deal with the, the, the drama of suddenly, hey, you're the head coach when you weren't like the week before. You're dealing with the drama of a player in Robbie Anderson who just 
goes all stupid and then goes sits by himself for a while. You deal with not necessarily drama, but I'm sure disappointment to a degree of trading away arguably the best player on your team in Christian McCaffrey and how you handle that. And now we're seeing how he handles getting throttled by Cincinnati and coming back the next week and winning. So, I mean, there are a lot of – it's all situational things that you can't necessarily uh, go, all right, I wonder how this guy could handle this. Let's make this happen. Most of these things happen naturally, and we're seeing how uh, he handled them, and how he handles them is how the team is going to handle them. And I think he's uh, accounted for himself really well so far. Uh, I, I I agree with that in its entirety. Uh, I, I think that, like I said, culture shift was objective number A for Steve Wilkes. I mean, listen, it, it, it would have been very, very understandable after the departure of Matt Rule, uh, especially when it was, let's be honest, very, very sudden, right? Like we, at least I, I and I think a lot of other people, kind of expected there was a better than average chance that Matt rule was going to be given until the end of this year to show something. And then just kind of like out of left field. It was like, no dude, you're gone. Like you're up out of here. It's not working out, which was a bit of a surprise. And by the way, uh, I think while there is a lot of very fair criticism of David Tepper as an owner, the ability to now with both of his teams, the Panthers and Charlotte FC, the, the ability to and the willingness to cut bait with a coach who has created a situation around one of Tepper's teams that isn't working out, uh, I think you got to give him credit for that, right? Like, I, in fact, I was thinking after the Washington Commanders knocked off the Philadelphia Eagles and ended their undefeated run on Monday night uh, and, and watching Ron Rivera talk to his team afterwards, uh, but watching that game, I, I kind of got uh, a little bit of the old school Rivera vibe, right? Like no big shots. Let's just chip away at the red zone. Let's try to slow this game down dramatically defensively. It was very end of the Ron Rivera in Carolina-esque feeling. But that became such a mentality in Carolina that you kind of felt like Rivera wasn't really utilizing the offensive talent that he had around him in Charlotte and it got to the point that Tep went okay this ain't working we gotta go and it was kind of a shock uh they fired Tep fired the first manager of Charlotte FC what like two weeks into the very first season of the team because the culture in the locker room started off on a sour note and now look at Charlotte FC they were a playoff team they were a good team uh towards the end of this MLS season I think you gotta give some respect to Tep that he was ready to go. And it does tell me, or at least makes me willing to believe that Tepper is a guy that is demanding a positive culture and a winning attitude, even if we give him crap for, you know, not doing that. Him cutting Matt Rule and giving Steve Wilkes the handles to do that. So far, Wilkes has done that. We'll see what it translates to, to the product on the field. But what Steve Wilkes has done off the field so far, we've got multiple report, multiple reports, pardon me, that there are at least a couple of other NFL franchises that have got the microscope on Steve Wilkes and what he's doing in Charlotte and have moved him way up the board of potential head coaching candidates. I, I, I'm not saying that 
you should want it because other people want it, right? Somebody wants to somebody wants to take your toy away. It doesn't make it more valuable to you. I am saying there's a reason for that, Zoe, and I think we should be paying attention to it. Well, and the other thing about that is uh, I'm sure Tepper knows of the demand, and does he make a decision before the end of the season and go ahead and say, you know what, I've seen enough. I'm going to go ahead and uh, take all that out of the equation, and I'm just going to go ahead and sign them before the season's over. It's a, it's, a, it's a great question, but the other aspect of it is, and I, I think it's fair, like obviously the question here would be, does Wilkes want that or does he want to look around a little bit, right? Like, like I appreciate the opportunity here, but I, I know I've got, I know what my market value is, or at least what I think my market value is. Does he maybe want to take a couple of phone calls before he accepts that gig? Either way, I think the point is, as I said, when you let go of Matt Rule, right? It gave Matt Rule the opportunity to get his name out there in college football. By the way, where did I tell you Matt Rule was going to land? The University of Nebraska. Where has Matt Rule been for the past week and a half flirting with people? The University of Nebraska. It gave him the out. It gave the University of Nebraska the opportunity to grab a guy that I think would be a highly coveted coaching prospect during a season. It also gave David Tepper the opportunity to have some, maybe all, of Matt Rule's contract written off by future earnings by Nebraska or whoever else. And it allowed you to get a leg up on the next head coaching search. Well, I got to tell you, you may have stumbled into the guy. And the fact that there are other NFL franchises making a push to look more closely at Steve Wilkes says that's exactly what happened. 